13 minutes after 8 p.m., we go into our tech conversation. And Namhlanje, I am honored to have within our midst, as uh, the Metro FM Talk family, a rocket scientist. Now, uh, I guess many of you would have heard of the term or of the concept or of the occupation of a rocket scientist under conditions not of your own choosing, right? In instances where people say, yeah, man, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to be able uh, to solve this particular problem or to answer a certain kind of question. And on our Tech Conversations today, I'm joined uh, by one in the flesh. His name is Ntato Mwaki. He's a robotics engineer and an innovation consultant and a founder of CRSP Design and uh, someone who I have a very, very deep respect for uh, when it comes to all matters, uh, innovation, when it comes to uh, some of the exponential technology uh, that is certainly uh, uh, disrupting much of our conversations and many of our markets and uh, uh, industries. Ntato, how are you, Abonga? You good, my brother? No, I'm good. I'm good, man. Pleasure to have you here in studio, man, on Metro FM Talk. Ntato, uh, just briefly, you know, uh, when we say rocket scientist, maybe you must explain, uh, you know, uh, what, who is in Tato? Where did you grow up? Uh, which school did you go to? Because many people might be like, ah, maybe from the States, Lord. Maybe, maybe it's from the States, this one. How did you get into this field, man? Uh, no, so I grew up in Soweto, born and bred from, from the uh, Orlando East. Are you the only rocket scientist in Soweto? Or the no. only one in Orlando? No, there's actually this other girl. I think, I think she also went along the same career path as me, basically. But the idea is uh, we So she studied followed you? No, she 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 went I think ahead because okay. I bumped into her okay. at my previous workplace where I was. Okay. But the idea is uh we were both interested uh in space, mm. you know, and interested in flying things like aeroplanes, but then in the stuff that goes beyond the atmosphere, which mm. is rockets. So what I chose to study uh, in university was aeronautical engineering and part of that leads you up to working on propulsion. <laughs> Ended up working in the defense industry on satellites, drones, you know, amazing things like that but then found i think my true love in in, in business technology and where i am right now uh edtech mm, mm, mm. you don't have to uh, yeah man when you talk about aeronautical engineer those, those engineering those are things you just see once in a prospectus and you're like let me page over <laughs> let me check the, <laughs> the other points page. they need two yeah, points, points. <laughs> ay, 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 aps score so ah no yeah. next one but um you you speak about your transition, right? Yeah. Away from the aerospace uh, and defense industry and the drones and all of those kind of things. Uh, and you're going into edutech. And before mm. we get to the edutech stuff, I want us maybe to dedicate a bit, a bit of time mm. to that aer- aerospace industry. Mm. Um, a lot of us only interact with that, least of all in the media space, when we have to talk about what's happening at Denel. Mm. Um, and a lot of us might not be familiar with the fact that Denel is actually one of uh, the most foremost companies globally when it comes to yeah. aerospace and defense. Yeah. Uh, and we have a lot of intellectual property uh, here in mm. South Africa that we've developed over time in that space. Just talk to us about that. And, and more importantly, I think in this day and age where people are operating drones in the U.S. and killing people in the Middle East, wh- yeah, what does that, that whole like? space? Yeah. Well, I think one thing we need to realize as South Africans, we have a lot of like... Um, like like reputation, mm. skills, wisdom, experience in that space of aerospace, you know. Like we were one of the only countries in the past that actually had um, something akin to like uh, actual space program. Whoa. We had something that was good enough to launch rockets. Uh, I think it's somewhere down down the coast by where the army test bases are now, Palandaba or something like that. Mm. And the idea is 
Danelle was responsible for a lot of that technology and the people that are still there have a lot of that knowledge, you know. But um, where we're at right now is there's been a transition in the aerospace where it's moved from these big industrial, um, like military industrial complex Mm, type of systems mm. to something very commercial. And I think one of the companies that pioneered that was like DJI, you know, Mm. with the commercial drones. With all those drones, man. In a way, they took what was a specialized thing and made it something affordable. I mean, if I think about the DJI Spark, which I guess was my first interaction with some of these things. I was like... Jeepers! This is like a proper. But 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 that's that that that's a true um that's the true uh importance of AI mm. and machine learning you know and robotics because a drone is a robot and yeah. if you think about it they've taken something that used to be very complex to to do and made it very simple. I was watching something earlier on today talking about a new startup in 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 America mm. that was just acquired by Johnson and Johnson, and what they've done is taken on uh, these surgical procedures that were very intense, very difficult to do, and they've made them so simple to carry out using something as simple as a game controller Mm. Mm -hmm. and the guy was talking about in the future you need to be seeing all these kids playing Fortnite, playing games they could have enough dexterity because if you can control a character in a video game that same skill you Mm. could actually now use to do surgery on someone remotely it's the same thing with the drone if you you can play a, a driving game on exactly. Xbox or PlayStation, you not even f- a driving, a fighting, a game. fighting game. Exactly. You, yeah, you, you, you can know, fly that a precision drone. that you need. You can exactly. operate a drone, and exactly. and I guess in the space uh, that we are in, the broadcasting space, and even in the content space, we're seeing a lot more of that. I mean, yes. you watch anything on TV, and even the most basic like show has yeah. some aerial stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, so so that in a way has also changed up the game and the kind of quality that you can achieve with yeah. very low budgets. But but I wonder, another thing I wanted to add because I'm an mm. avid listener of the show yeah, man. and I know you like touching on topics that are a little bit difficult. <laughs> There's this really <laughs> difficult topic around drone regulation. You know? Yes, yes, it, yes. It, yeah. Like I think for, for us it disheartened us, me and my classmates uh, mm. when we, we actually attended the aeronautical engineering program at Wits University yeah. which is the only undergraduate aeronautical program you can do in Africa. Mm. You understand? We had enough skills to be able to build drones that would be able to like deliver medical supplies, uh, do like uh, take a lot deliveries, all of that stuff, you know. And then you see that in Rwanda, they're piloting a product, a drone that was made in Silicon Valley. Mm. And we were like, but we could have done that. But what but does South Africa choose to do? It here? Do you know why? They chose to be the first to lead the regulation of drones out of the whole world. Ah, but but, but in Tato, even that regulation, fam, like yeah. I'm saying, who has enough money? You have a kid who gets a DJI drone all the way from Shenzhen in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drone probably costs, say, eight grand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe a, a nice semi-pro drone, like, okay, mm. cool. But then they need a half a million rand or close on just that. For just for regulation and a license. Exactly. So you'll talk about it on another... You'll ah, call me for no, another, another insert. Like Tuma, <laughs> we need to call it Tato again. Tato, but yeah. sh- let's shift quickly now away from the aerospace sector mm. into the work that you're doing now, which... Uh, it's fascinating for me. I mean, you know, we're the Lego generation, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm seeing here the space that you've gone into, low-cost educational robotics toys, mm. making STEM easily accessible, you know, mm. for teachers, for the education system. Mm. Uh, and I'd encourage many of the listeners to go and check this out there on uh, crspdsgn.com. Mm. C-R-S-P-D- it's crisp S- design without the vowels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. Vowel consonant. Okay, sure. Yeah. Crispdesign.com. <laughs> And it's got some fascinating things here. I mean, sensor blocks, motor blocks, simple electric circuits, mm. all of the stuff that, you know, the teachers would have to draw for us because, you know, yeah. sometimes yeah. being a circuit that yeah. they built or anything like that. Um, 
how did you transition into this particular space um and if and maybe the bigger question actually create a business out of it yeah so this actually started in university mm. uh, while i was studying aeronautical engineering luckily at wits you could do a research and design project mm. my research project was in computational fluid dynamics which is all the aero stuff you know very intense theoretical but then i wanted my design project to be something that i connected with and i realized that like you're saying with the lego generation mm. but if you are the lego generation but you grew up in soweto you realize that there was a certain point where your mother couldn't afford to get you the lego robotics that you really wanted yeah cuz it's dur cuz and she's a factory worker and you know but at that point what happens is you find yourself in university years later and you're now figuring out that you have the skills to design and develop the products to help the younger the younger you you know to help your younger self and that's how i got into it as a design thesis but then when i realized this is actually possible and you mm. realize that a lot of the products on the market at the moment are overpriced and it's because there's that digital gap and digital sure, divide sure. that exists you can actually have an opportunity to change lives mm. if you commercialize this mm. and the idea then was enter a few startup competitions we ended up winning the SAB foundation in a, a social innovation yeah, awards yeah. in 2016 and that's how it started so but for, you know i'm sitting here and i must say i must, I must be clear with you i'm very frustrated right mm. because something like this should have never had to go go like roundabout innovation trips you know and innovation competitions and all of that yes. stuff this stuff should have already been taken by the department of basic education but you know what we want to take this and we want to take it to any and every space that we can think about especially now with this commitment to early childhood development mm-hmm. this is the kind of stuff that we need to make science technology and you know engineering and mathematics skills mm-hmm. more accessible to our communities now you are at the innovation hub uh, you know have you spoken to some of these government departments So uh our journey is very interesting because mm. early on we always wanted to reach out to the government who wanted to implement something called user centered design okay. with the idea that we design the product from scratch with teachers and learners involved in the process ah, so we were lucky enough to find an entity that is almost like i think semi governmental called the national education collaboration trust oh nect you know, yeah, yeah yeah nect so uh, our president sol ramaphosa is one of the patrons on mm. the board uh, our minister angie motsekha she sits on the board as well so the idea with them was they were able to help us through a pilot that okay. we did with quite a number of schools so we tested schools from quintal 2 all the way through to quintal 5 mm. in Gauteng and this is in the caps see, curriculum yeah this is in the caps curriculum mm. and we were one of the first to do this in 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 2018 wow. you know putting it into the system i think it was before um the, presi- the before the minister even said there's going to be robotics and coding we were already saying we are gunning for this because we find this is very important a lot of us have walked this journey without this experience and you find mm. yourself in university being the odd one out you know especially if you're coming from a township school or you're coming from a underprivileged background mm. you know but i think the moment now like I, i remember a few weeks ago you had people from the water research council yeah, yeah, who yeah. over here yeah. they spoke about something called the value of death sure, sure that is literally where we are as as a startup at the mm. moment where hyenas everywhere you know mm. like like you find yourself in that moment where you've gotten now your seed funding you've developed you've tested mm. it works now you're about to commercialize but to commercialize you need that big capex investment which comes from vcs mm. and maybe we can talk about it later but we were in the uk a few months talk ago talk about it now baba talk okay. about it now we're in the uk a few months mm. ago sitting down with vcs 
and I'm talking about like big companies, I can't disclose the name, sure. but they were interested and we won bronze there, you know, like, mm. so this product has international appeal. Sure. Like the international community in Europe is very interested in this in Asia and all of that. We're in Singapore a few more years mm. back before that. But the idea was, why hasn't any investor in South Africa invested yet? But you what see, do they know that we don't know? Tato, this is the thing, right? And that's, yeah. So Tina, we like to think of state-owned companies, yeah. even the one we're in now, mm. as just providing a service, right? Mm. In line with whatever public service mandate you might have, mm. providing water, providing electricity and the like. Mm. But to take that paradigm a bit further, and the internet is an example of this, you mm. also need the state to be the f- investor of first instance, See. right? The first investor that says, Shop, we're going to give you the money, but in addition to us giving you the money, we're going to give you the scale. We're going to make sure I, that I every school you- in this country has... You're not even there asking for the money. You're actually there asking for, can can we test this collaboratively? That's the thing. Because most think you're just asking for money, funding, and all of this. And it's like, no. We actually just want access into the schools to do the stuff and all of that, you know. And and I think the problem is bureaucracy, obviously, being mm, the first issue. Mm. But also, you've got SME funds yeah. that are currently being put out there as, hey, there's the, there's the SME fund, Knife Capital, or this and that. But as entrepreneurs on the ground, I would I would challenge you to ask a lot of entrepreneurs, how many have been able to access those funds? Dude. Dude. How many have been able to Dude. access? So those are the conversations we need to be having, I think, you know. I, I also think, I mean, the other issue, and, and you can imagine, certainly as a listener, uh, uh, tuning into our conversation, mm. uh, the opportunity cost, the foregone opportunity, mm. right, of not taking a product like this. I mean, mm. you, you know Neo, right? Yeah. Neo Hutiri. That's, that's my friend. Yeah. puts together a uh, pharmacy ATM. Mm. Really, like, dope sort of locker system. Yep. Looks really nice. Yeah. Jiggy Jiggy, we see some German application being piloted in Alex. And right? who cut the ribbon? Department of Health in Gauteng. And you know what it makes <laughs> me realize? And uh, I guess I had an interesting conversation yeah. with uh, the then McLean, uh, Sabanda, then CEO yeah. of Innovation Hub, which is, as a state, we should also be thinking about how do we follow every rand we invest in innovation. If I'm investing in the Innovation Hub, which supports Ntato Moahi, mm. I should make sure that every other opportunity that I have to get a multiplier impact from that investment, I must use. Mm. If it means I must open up all of the schools in the province of Gauteng alone initially mm. to this kind of application here uh, and this kind, I mean, you're even training teachers, mm. right? You've got a, a teacher we, training. We, we're trying to system. test the whole model to see how can this work in a developing world environment because none of the products currently out there have tried doing this on a commercial scale. I, I'll, I'll even tell you this, UNESCO reached out to mm. us in May and flew us all the way to Paris to go showcase this product at, at Africa Week mm. to all the ambassadors from the different African countries. And what they were saying to us is they've tried looking for African solutions for educational robotics and they couldn't find any. They found us, the guy, you, you know when someone sends you a cold email but it's UNESCO and you're like, this can't be it. This can't be UNESCO. And it's actually them and the you fly UNESCO. over. The UNESCO. Mm. So, so that's what I'm saying that the, the, the people outside see the potential like like they see great potential in products like this. Mm, and I think, I, I don't even think it's just our journey. Yeah. I think it's very reminiscent of a lot of innovations. You're talking sure. about NEO, the Water Research, Research mm. Council people. It, it's a lot of, it, it, we need an understanding in South Africa, I think, around how, what is the cost of innovation? Mm. Who is innovating? You know, it is not, it is not guys that couldn't get into university. It is not guys that couldn't get a job. It's people that left 
nice, cozy corporate jobs to chase a cer- certain social innovation. Mm, like, th- mm. th- there's something that was in you that said, no, mm. I need to actually solve this. Because for me to go build the most amazing jets for General Electric mm. in America, like some of my, my, my ex-classmates are there. They're doing that. Sure. Th- that doesn't help the future of South Africa mm. or Africa even. And then, you, you know, know, for me, there's the jarring impulse that one gets then from policymakers who talk about 4IR in every presentation and in every speech without really giving effect because at the end of the day I mean the this, this sense of powerlessness and, sen- and um, you know feeling that ah, we don't have power to really respond to this 4IR I think for me is a ruse right no, we've got at the end power. of the day yeah. if you are a government or if you are a South African private sector that is interested mm. in making the structural changes needed mm. to be competitive in the fourth industrial revolution mm. you should be funding this mm. you should not be sitting and saying yeah let's wait for the government maybe the government if, if they do first mover Give us some of your own private schools. And I hope some of the people from Curo are listening. The AdvTech people are listening as well. Because, you know, yes, we want this to go into the townships. But also, if Nani, you can give a captive market to Ntato in some of the nice schools there with the, where the rich kids are, let's do that. I mean, and and the, thing, the, the thing is, those are the early adopters, mm. you understand. So they're already on similar products like this. And the value proposition for them is the affordability sure, angle sure. and the curriculum integration mm. and also the context of you in South Africa. I mean, our plans with this is to have kids coding mm. in Isizulu, sure. have kids coding in Isikosa because we are designing this from scratch. So the, 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 like, the, like if you think about it, the possibilities are endless. 11 official languages, kids are able to code in that. We're able to translate mm. fourth industrial revolution context and terms into something that somebody from the township can understand. That, I think, will democratize a lot of this opportunity around, oh, people don't know why they're losing jobs. People mm. don't know what mm. to do next when they're being disrupted by computers. I mean, another thing I was reading last week, call center jobs, they're basically done. If you think about what Alexa can do, what Google Home can do, all these virtual like assistants, virtual assistants mm. they're going to replace call center jobs pretty soon. But the funny thing is my friends, some of them who have degrees, are the ones doing those call center jobs. So that's sad because we used to just think, oh no, get educated, you'll be sorted. Now it's even creeping into bruh, people. Tato, we never knew that people from the banks would go on strike, bruh. You never knew someone <laughs> who works at a bank would say, hey, see, I know of and, the, and the banking sector is actually one of the most innovative in Africa. Mm. If you, like, I think internationally we lead in terms of fintech. Yeah, yeah. That's why there's so much investment around fintech and banking. We lead beyond your America, your, your, your Europe, and, and Asia mm. as well. You know? sure. So if we could use that same model for all of these other things. Mm. I mean, if we've got bigger challenges, that, that's a big opportunity for yeah. us to solve it. Sure. My brother, yeah. before I let you go, mm. um, I want us to maybe touch on something, and you touched on it slightly here, mm. which is you know, this need to have Abandoana coding in Setswana, in Sepedi, mm. in Kosa, mm. and, mm. um, and also that then speaks to the other part of it, which mm. is that a lot of the algorithms, a lot of the code that we currently have mm. is developed in the global north by people who have their own inbred biases mm-hmm. about who we are. Mm. Uh, I mean, I heard a story the other day of somebody saying, look, if self-driving cars were to come uh, into effect overnight, the likelihood is that you know they'd run into black people because they don't have uh, some of the technology doesn't have the recognition features and that allows that, that that allows that car to yeah, see you as yeah. a person yeah. that they should avoid or stop in front of. How important is something like this in ensuring that we also have ethical AI, ethical advances in robotics, and even ethical shifts in all of these exponential technologies we're talking about? So, Ayabonga, if you look at what's happening in Silicon Valley in terms of diversity, there's a big movement towards 
diversifying companies first mm. for gender secondly yeah. for color because they're realizing a lot more that they had a very big bias towards having white male founders and engineers mm. in those companies and that like they, I, I think maybe some will say they didn't mean to but there was a bias then in the algorithm sure. because of that mm. same thing happened with earlier TVs when mm. TVs were still coming out a lot of the color grading and the picture quality was based around how white actors look on the screen versus black <laughs> actors you understand it's it's just it's human nature. It's the way it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. you always have your standard of beauty or your standard of what's the best. So I feel like it's important for us to take part in these things. Mm. And I'll give you an example of China. Look at what China was able to do from the 80s, the 90s to the 2000s, Fair. right? In terms of being able to take back their, like, I don't want to say their control of their people, because that sounds a bit like autocratic, but almost like being able to take back their industries. Mm. Right now, you've got a lot of movies having a lot of Chinese presence in terms of actors, themes, and all of that, because China has has the biggest now middle class like population in the world. So they demand mm. that if you want this movie to air in China or play in our box office, we want to see we want to see people. our people. Yeah. We can't even claim that or ask for any of that if we don't even know how these systems work. Uh, so it's not even just about the coding. It's about us understanding the whole system. I get in touch if you think as instead of thinking as 1 billion strong people, you think as 54 fiefdoms. <laughs> what must happen? <laughs> if you think like that, right? Because the other thing that yeah. made China have that is the kind of scale that they have. Yeah. You can't ignore them as a consumer market. And they think as one market, right? Whereas us, you're Spy 54, uh, yeah, ish South African market, Zimbabwean market. But, but Ayabonga, Rwanda's doing amazing things. Kenya's doing amazing things. And I think if we start seeing each other in Africa as well, as, as partners, yeah, as a hub, yeah, yeah. like you're saying, right? We, there's a lot we could leverage on from each other. So it's just about working like in a consorted effort towards wanting our own African innovation. I, I, I watched Black Panther, like Wakanda, Afrofuturism. Mm. That is the vision of what we're trying to do with crisp design. Sure. You know, sure. When, you, when, when they showed, this is the last thing, when they showed that scene of Shuri mm. making her stuff and like in the background, Gorm was playing. I was like, because I grew up watching Iron Man and they were playing ACDC and rock music. And I felt like, and you maybe like, I'm not good enough. Because they I don't listen TKZ to rock. Maybe. Maybe. Or but the thing is, it wasn't good enough. <laughs> now you want these kids who are coding to be playing TKZ in the background, of to course, be playing man. GOM. Of course. That is the future we need. Playing Java there in the background. You know? Ntato, I wish I could keep you, man, for my next <laughs> conversation. Because I'm going to be speaking to the head of economic transformation in the ANC. And I <laughs> hope he was listening to us. I hope that, you know, don't want to my male because... I, I think these are the kind of conversations we need to have. So maybe stick around and maybe yeah. I'm going to try and push Tatu Kodongwana. Maybe you must go and present to the Economic Transformation Committee of the if you, If you can pull it. Yeah, yeah. I think, no, together. no, man. I think you must yeah. go and present there. <laughs> uh, and uh, maybe you might bring a, a better pair of shoes for the finance minister. Let's take this break. <laughs> Cheers.